Greetings, I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. Welcome. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now, if we choose to. Perchance you recall a terrible terrorist Islamist murder attack that was committed in Florida, Pensacola, Florida, at the United States Naval Base there. The Naval Air Station, Pensacola, which is where graduates from United States Naval Academy and so forth receive flight training. Well, this was committed by a Saudi Arabian student who, along with 21 others, was sent to the Pensacola Naval Air Station for training. And he was there for a good long time. But he was an Islamist terrorist before he was ever sent. Now, he committed this attack single-handedly in December 2019. However, he had three Saudi accomplices, three Saudi trainee accomplices who were videotaping this. Of course, they have returned safely to Saudi Arabia. In fact, 21 cadets from Saudi Arabia were recalled to Saudi Arabia. That was after the Justice Department, the U.S. Justice Department, revealed that some of them had access child pornography, shockingly enough, and had social media accounts containing Islamist terrorist content. But Bill Barr, Attorney General William Barr, he stated here this week that the FBI found cell phone evidence linking Al-Qaeda directly to this Islamist terrorist. He murdered three American sailors. He attempted to murder many more. He succeeded in wounding another eight before he was killed by a deputy. But... Seemingly, according to William Barr, Apple, the company Apple Incorporated, declined to unlock the encryption on this Islamist terrorist's iPhone. However, the FBI was able to finally crack it And they obtained the incriminating information. It was known prior to this that he visited New York City, the memorial to the victims of the September 11, 2001 Islamist terrorist attacks. And he took his three buddies 
accomplices with him. And he posted anti-American hate speech, anti-Israeli hate speech, jihadi, Islamist terrorist messages, you know, for their holy satanic war against Christendom and so forth. Including doing so a mere two hours before the terrorist attack. But again, as terrible as that is, what is more terrible is this, is that the United States of America is complicit in this and has been for decades in bringing these enemies of the United States of America into the United States of America, training them in the United States of America, arming them with the most state-of-the-art air warfare weapons systems, which, of course, will never be used against Israel. No, never. But, anyway, now, at long last here, this is, you know, six months later, Finally, there's definitive proof of what was absolutely clear was the case. Meanwhile, perhaps you saw that a certain cyber criminal gang seemingly operating out of Russia or (laughs) adjacent to Russia It hacked a major entertainment law firm. And it is trying to extort the president, demanding $42 million in ransom, or it will release, publish, purportedly incriminating documents. Just a day in the life of Donald Trump. But this sort of thing, these ransomware attacks, have been doing massive damage to individual firms here and there, including broadcasting companies, other media Related companies, businesses, firms. But the most devastating attack was that which resulted from the massive targeted attacks of Ukraine at the time that Vladimir Putin, BFF of Donald Trump, Vladimir Putin engaged in attacking Ukraine, taking Crimea, and attempted to bring down Ukraine without being required to use such rough-and-tumble techniques as actually 
literally invading all of Ukraine. That just, you know, it wouldn't have been good for PR, right? So instead, Vlad and his gangsters, they engaged in a more subtle, sophisticated form of attack and invasion. And it is a wonder that they did not succeed in absolutely, totally crippling all of Ukraine, Ukraine government and all businesses and everything else. It wasn't for lack of trying. But interestingly enough, once they had unleashed this monster ransomware attack, it went around the globe and it crushed businesses in Europe and what have you. But Still, (laughs) how significant is that? How big is that? How much can that interfere with our lives? Well, in this incredibly technology-dependent time, it can have massive ramifications. But the truth is we have not experienced the brunt of just how devastating such attacks can be. Meanwhile, the president, Donald Trump Sr., the incumbent, he stated that, quote, it was the incompetence of China and nothing else that did this mass worldwide killing, end quote. He tweeted that. Now, that was with reference to the coronavirus, COVID-19, worldwide pandemic. Yes. Despite the fact that he is BFF, best friend for life, with Xi Jinping, president for life of the communist Chinese regime. China's foreign ministry spokesman, Zhao Lijian, previously provoked the ire of the White House, the Trump administration, by spreading rumors of a conspiracy theory that the virus was actually first introduced to communist China by the United States military. Just a profoundly absurd claim. But nonetheless, China, just like former Soviet Union, just like the Nazi Third Reich, just like every communist regime on the face of the earth, North Korea, Cuba, so forth, they all are extremely dependent on The use of propaganda, vicious propaganda. But the left, the political left in the United States of America, they are too. And that is how they have succeeded in accomplishing the subversion of the United States of America to the extent that they have over the past many decades. Mike Pompeo. Big Mike. United States Secretary of State. He stated that the United States 
would continue to support Australia in its pursuit of an independent inquiry into the origin of the novel coronavirus pandemic. He stated, quote, We stand with Australia and the more than 120 nations who have taken up the American call for an inquiry into the origins of the virus so we can understand what went wrong and save lives, end quote. Well, Australia seemingly actually got the ball rolling on this when they submitted a request to the world community. And then later to the World Health Organization Assembly. That didn't happen until earlier this week. They had more than 100 nations signing on. So now it is somewhere beyond 120. Very exciting. Speaking of Big Mike, Pompeo. Well, before I get there, let me just say this. That poor leftist, extreme leftist Australia, just like all of the UK's assorted nations, you know, the ones that are directly allied with, that were spawned by, that used to be part of the great British Empire, but chiefly Australia and Canada and so forth. But poor Australia. Well, communist China, the communist Chinese regime is retaliating. They wouldn't do that, would they? Yes. They are retaliating against Australia (laughs) with massive tariffs on Australian imports. But back to Big Mike. United States Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. In my view, the second most powerful man in the administration, only after the president himself. Others may view it differently, but that's how I see it. I view Mike Pompeo as number two. Not Mike Pence, by any means, but Mike Pompeo. Number two after the president. Well, you know, he gave a press conference This Wednesday, meaning today, that the COVID-19 crisis had ended illusions in the United States of America's government of there being close ties with China. Quote, We greatly underestimated the degree to which Beijing is ideologically and politically hostile to free nations. End quote. What is interesting about that, really? He starts off by saying, we. We. That's not just Trump. 
That is also Mike Pompeo. In charge of the State Department, number two, he is the number one figure for the Trump administration that you see going about the world, engaging in diplomacy and so forth. We, Trump, Pompeo, and all of the other top people in this administration, Team Trump, we greatly underestimated the degree to which Beijing is ideologically and politically hostile to free nations, end quote. That is beyond damning. Not of communist China, but of these who comprise we, the stupendous stupidity and ignorance and naivete and foolishness and reckless foolishness of these great leaders is just damning. The communist Chinese regime is the communist Chinese regime. Going back decades and decades and decades. Having committed more mass murder than any regime in the history of the world. Continually depending on sweeping propaganda. Communist China is a police state. Go back to Tiananmen Square. How is it possible for these people to have gotten into these positions of power while they possess such extreme, outrageous ignorance and stupidity and incompetence? Trump, here he, you know, in his tweet, he damns incompetence by communist China. Yeah, incompetence. That's a good one. But meanwhile, Team Trump grossly, grossly, criminally incompetent, ignorant, stupid, blind, Completely, utterly, totally blind and ignorant of history. Just like good old Sean Spicer. Who infamously stated that even Adolf Hitler and the Nazi Third Reich never engaged in chemical warfare. (laughs) But does this mean that the left leftist politicians here in the United States of America, that they are not ignorant and stupid? Well, personally, I'm torn about that. It's just like with this reference to the communist Chinese regime by Trump of them being incompetent. I am torn about that because I know that many of them are not incompetent, not ignorant, not stupid, 
just extreme leftists, extreme leftist ideologues. I think it is possible that there are some weak sisters in the Democrat Party, and I'm not referring to females, that may be suffering from gross ignorance and stupidity and that are allowed (laughs) to stick around even though they are not the true believers. But if there are any, they are an extreme minority because the overwhelming majority, if not all, Democrat politicians that have come to national prominence, that have come to positions, national positions, federal positions, or gubernatorial positions. They know what the party's about. They know what the foundational ideology is, not what is publicly communicated, but Back to Mike Pompeo. Quote, The Chinese Communist Party's response to the COVID-19 outbreak in Wuhan has accelerated our most realistic understanding of communist China. End quote. He actually said more, not most. So I will repeat. The Chinese Communist Party's response to the COVID-19 outbreak in Wuhan has accelerated our more realistic understanding of communist China. So because of this, because of this coronavirus, coronavirus, COVID-19 pandemic, the light has come on and these various persons of highest power prestige, influence, but above all, power in the current White House administration, the current Trump administration, Team Trump, it has caused their eyes to be opened that, oh, the communist Chinese regime, they're actually communists. Shocking. Brilliant. Quote, it's been 142 days since doctors at Wuhan Central Hospital first started sharing information about a SARS-like virus. Today, as we all sit here this morning, Beijing continues to deny investigators access to relevant facilities, to withhold live virus samples, to censor discussion on the pandemic within China, and much, much more, end quote. Shocking. Who would have dreamt that this benign, beneficent, benevolent, communist Chinese regime would behave this way. Well, nobody in the Trump administration, (laughs) at least not in the positions of power, with a possible exception of a John Bolton, who, of course, was kicked to the curb. But, (laughs) breathtaking. 
really. To be this ignorant is absolutely inexcusable beyond inexcusable. But if they had ever paid the tiniest attention to how the communist regime has persecuted and savaged the Christian church, not just back when Mao Zedong was the dictator there, but currently, during the past three and, what is it, three and a third years that they've been in power now, they would have known. Even if they had no historical knowledge, (laughs) just too monstrous to have such grossly ignorant, stupid, incompetent people at the helm. They may be intelligent, they may be knowledgeable about other things, but devoid of godly wisdom, which requires fear of God, faith in God, and fear in God. Of course, the president, he claimed, he made one statement that he was a Christian. <laughs> well, you can certainly tell it by everything that he says and does, right? Just like when he was running for president, the things he said about the others who were running for the Republican nomination and so forth. But And for Jeff Sessions, who helped get him elected, and so forth. But, meanwhile, all of the United States, all of them, are incrementally, partially, in a very small way, reopening for business. Yes, So the lockdowns are becoming partially, incrementally unlocked. It's exciting. Before I continue, let me say this. I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. Whatever's right and true and good in these programs is thanks to God Almighty and His Holy Son, Jesus Christ, Whatever is lacking, erring, deficient, that is on me. That is due to me. That is my fault. Back to the exciting race for the presidency. Presumptive Democrat nominee, former vice president, former U.S. Senator Joe Biden. He has called for increasing the safety protocols throughout the meatpacking industry, stating the following, quote, absolutely, positively, no worker's life is worth my getting a cheaper hamburger. No worker's life is worth that, end quote. It really, I mean, it is such a, oh, such a silly little thing. Joe Biden, he he makes himself a common man. You know, he is like you or I, 
Uh, and he just, you know, he struggling to have enough to pay for a hamburger, but he's willing to bite the bullet, suffer having to pay higher prices for hamburger if it will make the difference in protecting the lives of workers in the meatpacking industry. You would never know that Joe Biden is rich, right? I'm not going to say filthy rich, but rich, very rich, very well-to-do. He has enjoyed an incredibly high standard of living forever and a day. But you wouldn't know it. He's just the common man. Common Joe. Good old Joe. Not to be confused with Uncle Joe, Joseph Stalin, which was a pseudonym of the former Soviet Union. Not to be confused. But, quote, people are getting hurt. The very thing we should be doing now is making sure these people are protected, that they have space six feet apart, that they have shields around them. Slow the process up. Make sure they have the protective gear. Make sure they are being taken care of, end quote. I have no problem with that. None. With that suggestion, however... If it means that workers will be laid off, put out of work. If it means that meatpacking plants will close. And these people will lose their livelihoods. I have a problem with that. Oh, but they can just pass these costs along. Because it's so easy to do that just, you know, in the blink of an eye. I don't know if you're aware that many of the workers in the meatpacking facilities are Mexican. But I'm sure there are no political considerations here by Joe, even though he is a dyed-in-the-wool politician. Meanwhile, speaking of politicians, Mitch McConnell, Senate Majority Leader, He is continuing to work. He is working at the U.S. Senate. And he has scheduled votes on five judicial nominations. He's getting the work of the nation done. And even though, historically, Mitch McConnell has never been a favorite of mine. He continues to show himself to demonstrate that he is one of the very most accomplished, successful public servants. One of the most astute political leaders. 
and one who actually gets things done. Meanwhile, Michigan, you know, the land up yonder with that governor, Gretchen Whitmer, with all of her executive orders, well, the Edenville Dam in Midland and Gladwin counties failed. It ruptured the other day following very heavy rains. And it has caused great flooding throughout large portions of Midland County. Forced evacuation of many thousands of people. And downtown Midland, Michigan may find itself nine feet underwater. But interestingly enough, back in 2018, federal regulators revoked the hydropower generating license for the dam. It cited that there had been years of failure by the dam's owners to address safety problems. Particularly the ability of the dam to withstand a major flood. So I just wonder, what does this amount to? Really? I mean, the regulators, the federal regulators, they revoke the license for this dam. How did that help? You know, did that result in there being these measures taken to correct the problem? Apparently not. But it's a wonderful bureaucratic solution, isn't it? Well, we will just take away their license. That will solve the problem. As we can see, it did not do anything of the kind. Speaking of problems, in Richmond, Virginia, a young man of color, Jamar Paxton Jr., 18 years of age, robbed a young woman, Dominique Danzi, 22 years of age, of Richmond, Virginia, along a bicycle path that she was walking on. He ambushed her. He attacked her. He robbed her. But that wasn't sufficient. He had to murder her shot her, she died from her injuries, plural. So what do you imagine this young black man is charged with? Get this. He's charged with robbery and use of a firearm in the commission of a felony. In other words, armed robbery. Not murder. Okay, not even second-degree murder. Well, who knows? Maybe they will get around to charging him with, you know, 
first-degree manslaughter or something. Meanwhile, in Florida, the Citrus State, another young man of color, I do not know whether he is brown or black or what have you, but he is definitely Hispanic, Latino of some variety. Jose Gabriel Torres Justin Iano, 18 years of age again. He murdered a 19-year-old girl who was repeatedly begging for her life, repeated her plea approximately seven times, he put the gun to her head and murdered her. They were arguing and he pulled out his handgun and then after she had been bleeding this way, he murdered her execution style. So what do you imagine this young man, this adult young man, is charged with? What do you imagine? First-degree murder? No, certainly not. Second-degree murder. Why is that? It's because we live in an insane time in an insane nation. Oh, he had not formerly devised some intricate plot to murder her. Instead, he just chose to murder her on the spot. Premeditatedly, deliberately, execution style, putting the gun to her head and murdering her. You know, like that young man in South Dakota, whom I spoke of the other day, who got to plea down from second-degree murder to first-degree homicide with no intent to kill the girl that he slaughtered. But this is Florida. Florida has a death penalty, but the prosecutors have seen fit to guarantee that this monstrous young destroyer will not be executed, that the taxpayers in Florida will pay a fortune for years and years and years to keep him incarcerated and enable him to learn his craft so that when he is released back on society, he can prey upon the innocent even more effectively. Great work, Florida. What a wonderful justice system we have. Meanwhile, in Florida, in the great state of Florida, there was a recent decision from the Florida Supreme Court. It reversed an earlier high court ruling. The earlier high court ruling had stated that 
unanimous juries were required, unanimous jury rulings, jury decisions, jury verdicts with regard to sentencing, not with regard to guilt, but with regard to sentencing. In capital murder cases, in first-degree murder cases, they were required to deliver a unanimous decision that the convicted party or parties were to be executed. That it had to be unanimous, not to convict. It was unanimous that they had to convict, but this high court came up with an additional ruling stating that in cases where murderers had been convicted of murder, that the jury then, the sentencing then, went to the jury and the jury had to again unanimously decide that the convicted murderer or murderers were to be executed. Otherwise, they couldn't be executed. That was the ruling of this other high court. Thankfully, the Florida Supreme Court reversed that perverse ruling. That perversely unjust, unrighteous ruling. And now, prosecutors in the state are asking for various death row cases that feature non-unanimous jury determinations of sentencing that they be resentenced to the death penalty. But again, this young man of color, brown man, black man, whatever color man, Jose Gabriel Torres Justiniano, 18 years of age, who slaughtered, who premeditatedly, cold-bloodedly destroyed 19-year-old Jamie Kettering, who was begging for her life, that he cannot be executed because he's only being charged with second-degree murder. The same as would have been the case in dear old New York State, the capital of second-degree murder. This is a cautionary tale. Why is that? Because two reasons. One, again, it shows so vividly that there is no justice in America. None. And the problem with that is, going back to the most authoritative historical judicial source in the world, that God has stated that nations, governments, monarchies, whoever's in charge, who fail to avenge the taking of innocent life, that God will judge, punish, and overthrow those nations. Innocent in this case does not mean free from sin. 
It does not mean pure as the driven snow. It does not mean virginal. It does not mean innocent. What it means, the way we think of innocent, what it means is helpless, defenseless, unarmed people that are being preyed upon. But it could also be murder of, as an example, someone who is carrying concealed, but who isn't able to defend themselves because in this state or that state or the other state, they're not allowed to carry their concealed firearm loaded. Or they're, in other cases, they're allowed to carry it with a magazine in it if it's a semi-automatic but without a round in the chamber. And if they're carrying concealed, they are automatically at a huge disadvantage because the attackers have their weapons in hand aimed at their prey before the prey can even attempt to get hold of their Firearm, for instance. But anyway, murder comes in all kinds of flavors. But it doesn't change the reality, the fact of the murder. But that's one reason it's a cautionary tale. Another reason is that this very, very foolish young woman, that she was actually... Selling drugs. 19 years of age, and she didn't have anything better to do than to be selling drugs, narcotics. And she was there at this poolside, at this apartment complex, where she was slaughtered. But again, second-degree murder. Just a complete, utter, total fiction. Something you can't find in the Bible. But we know so much better. We're so advanced. We are so sophisticated. We are just so highly, as some idiots would say, evolved. But, meanwhile. I mentioned in the previous program that not only in the United States of America, but around the globe, throughout the free world and the not-so-free world, in technology we trust, in artificial intelligence we trust, in supercomputing we trust, in quantum computing we trust. As I mentioned in a previous program some time ago now, the nations that have the highest amount of online time per person, per capita, they were all in the Far East. 
Asian nations, all of the top five. I know Brazil was very high. But it also stated that the majority of the online time in these nations was devoted to social media. And the online time was overwhelmingly engaged in via smartphone. But artificial intelligence is our salvation, our savior. Supercomputing, quantum computing, technology this and technology that. Whether you've seen the ads put out by IBM or by Amazon or you name it. They're going to solve all of the problems in the world. Malnourishment, undernourishment, starvation, disease, pandemics, everything. Lack of water, lack of clean, potable water. Poverty. All manner of diseases, cancer, and everything else. They're going to solve. There's no downside. It's all benevolent. It's all beneficent. It's all good for us, right? But that's not the truth. (laughs) That's not to say that many of these involved with technology do not believe that sincerely. I am sure that a great many of them do. Absolutely believe it. They sincerely believe the lie. But the truth is that this massive technology age, the technological breakthroughs that have been accomplished and are being accomplished were critically requisite to prepare for the coming of the worst regime that the world has ever seen. And unlike the regime, the terrible communist regime of China, mainland China, and in North Korea, and in Vietnam, and in Laos, and in Myanmar, Burma, Myanmar, and in Cuba, and Venezuela, and Chiapas, Mexico, and so forth. That this regime will be worldwide. Something that, of course, has been attempted over and over and over again. The Soviet Union attempted to amass a worldwide regime. Worldwide hegemony. The Islamists, the Islamo-fascist regimes seek Worldwide hegemony, worldwide domination. Hitler's Nazi Third Reich did. But they have all failed. But where they failed, one shall succeed. Prior to its success, 10 new leaders referred to as kings, but National leaders will rise and or international leaders shall rise. 
And then another leader shall rise and shall depose or destroy three of them, and there shall be eight leaders remaining. And those seven, they shall submit to the one, and they shall establish worldwide regime, the most evil, monstrous, murderous, torturous, satanic regime with Satan in charge that the world has ever suffered under. And it's coming very soon. And it requires the technology, the artificial intelligence, the supercomputing, the quantum computing, in order to make it a reality. So, coming attractions. That is coming our way soon. I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now if we choose to. Thank you.